You are listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. We hope this teaching deepens your relationship with Jesus and encourages you to share your faith with others. Please enjoy the message. Okay, well, I want to share a story that I can only share in here. Like, I can only share this in youth group. This isn't stuff for the, the Home for Hope stage. Like, I've gotten to talk in there one or, one or two times, and I, I could never share this story in there, but for you... I will. Okay. So I was in high school and I'm very aware that this is being recorded too. So I'm like, shoot, but whatever happens, happens. I trust. I was in high school and, um, I, I just got my license and I went with my younger brother. This is my younger brother. A couple pictures. I call him the twin. He looks just like me, but we're a year apart and we were going to McDonald's and McDonald's was the first and only restaurant in my hometown. I remember when it was built and it was like the spot, like everybody, went to the McDonald's. They hung out at the McDonald's. My friends were always there. It was always busy and stuff like that. Okay. So just to paint the picture, the place is bustling. Now we get the food and we're about to get back into my 1997 Ford Escort station wagon. I mean, it was hot y'all. This thing was hot. And, um, as a high school guy, I thought it would be kind of funny if I like, let one rip. You know what I'm saying? And like, this is just the stage of life I was in at the time. And so forgive me in advance, but like the picture is so vivid in my mind because we are in the parking lot and I'm getting in my car to, to drive. And my brother is getting in on the passenger side and we like lock eyes over the top of the car. Both of our hands are on the handle. And I was like, Hey, Skylar, check this out. And you know, you're like, you just, you're going to just like crack one off. And, um, I, uh, I got a little bit more than that. What happened was um, I felt something um, exit my body. Uh, Y'all, I messed my pants. Like, it wasn't a little. It was a lot. And uh, it was a disaster. And I, my brother kind of laughed. And I could just feel, like, all of the eyes and the fingers pointing and the laughter starts to, uh, like, everyone there. And I froze. And I'm like, what do I do? Um, <laughs> Oh, I, I've never been in this situation. And um, so before I could even really think or react, I just was like, let's just get out of here. And I just like opened the door and I got in and I had to like kind of levitate off of the seat and like drive the whole way home. And I was like, I'll just throw my pants away and hose myself off when I get there. But I got to get out of this situation. It was horrible and embarrassing. Now, I know we've all been there. Okay. We've all done that. Um, I like how no one, if no one disagrees, <laughs> like, uh, have we? Have we that? Um, it's kind of a nasty story, and I recognize that. But as I was thinking about it, I was like trying to get down to the core of why, why I would do that in the first place. And I think it all comes down to one thing that we all seek and we all seek recognition, you know, and that's what it was at the core for me. Like I just wanted to make people laugh um, or that for them to think I was funny and like it just helped me sort of feel more valuable in a way. Like if people were like, Rin, you're so funny. <laughs> I mean, it backfired that day. Don't get me wrong. But I think at our core, we all want to be like seen and known and heard and validated for someone just to say something about us. Like you're so funny. Like you're so cool. You're so smart. You know what I'm saying? You're so good at the sports ball, like stuff like that. The problem is that is like I said, when it backfires, and when recognition turns into criticism, and I'll demonstrate it with, um, with, a, 
with something else. Like, this is a basketball, for those of you who don't know. And, um, you know, I can spin this on my finger, like, really well, actually. Um, do it? Oh, man. I only have one finger. Oh, boy. Yeah, but, like, I mean, one hand. You know what I mean. I did it, okay? Um, but this is a basketball, and this is a microphone. Correct? Yeah. You tracking with me? Yes? These two things, are they the same or are they different? different. They're different, but they're similar. They're linked in a way, and here's what I mean. So uh, with basketball, we have LeBron James. Y'all know LeBron James, right? He's probably like the greatest basketball player of all time. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, and then, there he is, yeah. And then we, we have the microphone, and people have a lot to say about LeBron James, don't they? It's like, yeet. Let's get that out of here for now. Um, people have a lot to say about LeBron James, right? They think he's too old. They think he's not as good as Kobe or Michael Jordan, or they think he's just overly dramatic because he's always flopping down and like, like you hit me. And then the replay is like, no, he was 10 feet away from you and stuff like that. But the list goes on. But do you think that people are talking that much about the guy on the bench who never gets up and gets in the game? No. They're not. The point is that recognition, more recognition, equals more criticism. So the more you're out there, the more backlash you're going to get. And this is why I think it's hard for us to stand up for what we believe in all of the time. Like, for us to be bold and for us to overcome our fears like we've been talking about in this series and for us to, to stand out and live a life for Jesus that's, like, unashamed and that's just openly, like, yeah, I, I follow Jesus. I worship Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's harder because the more you do that, the more criticism you're going to get. It's like, really? You follow Jesus, huh? Then why are you just cheating on that test? Why were you treating your girlfriend like that? Why were you talking crap about that teacher behind their back? Why were you doing that at the party? You know, I'm saying? So it's like, we don't want all the criticism. So we're just like, it's easier just to be low key. It's easier just to blend in. It's easier just to be like everybody else and to be like, nah, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Like, cause it's high school and it's just survival. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to get through this with as little like crap as possible. Like no pun intended because of the story, you know? Um, <laughs> But the point is that criticism, just like fear, can be very loud. And so how do we navigate it? And we're going to be in the book of Luke this morning. Also, Ma uh, Mark, sorry. We're going to be in Luke and Mark. Luke chapter 4, to be more specific. And during this time, um, Jesus is, is traveling to his hometown, Nazareth. And on his way, he went to... You guessed it, McDonald's in his 97 station wagon. Just kidding. He went to a synagogue, which was a place of worship and where people would, you know, talk about God and go through the scriptures and stuff like that. And so while he was there, someone handed Jesus a scroll. It was like, hey, read this. Because on this scroll is an ancient text indicating who the Son of God and the Savior of the world would be when he shows up finally on this planet. And they have been waiting hundreds of years for this savior to show up. So they're kind of trying to like almost even trap Jesus because he's going around claiming that that is me, that he's really him, that he's Himothy. And they're like, well, then read this. So he does. And he begins by saying just straight out of the gate in Luke 4, 21, he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled 
in your hearing. It's like, yeah, the guy that you're waiting for, the guy that you're talking about is me. He's right here. Another guy who was also there writing about what had happened. This is Mark. He writes about the same thing and what he saw and how he interpreted it going down. And he says that there are these people around in the crowd in Mark chapter six. And this is what they said. They're like, isn't, isn't that the carpenter? That guy, Jesus, he's claiming to be the son of God, the savior, the long awaited one. Like, isn't, isn't he Mary's son? But they just look out the road. Like, this is that guy. What? Isn't he the brother of, of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Like, he can't be the one. He's just this dude that we all know. Imagine if Jesus had let the voices of all the doubters and the critics get to him. All of the naysayers were saying, like, that can't be you. Imagine if, if that got him off of his mission to accomplish what he came to accomplish, to die on a cross and forgive us of all of our sins, to model what God is like to the world perfectly, to show us how to truly live a purposeful and meaningful life, to revolutionize the standard of how we are supposed to treat one another. If it shook him up, none of these things would have been accomplished. And we'd be in trouble today, even 2,000 years later, if Jesus didn't choose to stand up to the criticism. So we can learn something from that. Because to me, criticism isn't, it's not comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Criticism took Jesus to the cross. But you know what? Even that couldn't stop him. Because though it put him on the cross and killed him, he rose again, defeating death and the critic. So for you, criticism is probably not something that you are going to get crucified for. And I don't know if, if, if we skipped this, but I have a, do I have that picture of the, Yeah. These are just some comments. So I make Christian content and put it online. These are some comments that I got just over the past couple of weeks. Okay. Why are you preaching with giant distracting earrings on makes you look like Dumbo and I can't take you seriously. If you look like Dumbo, you're disrespecting my God by showing so little respect for him while preaching. Another comment. I can't focus with the hammocks hanging right. That's pretty funny. Um, but I get these comments all the time, and it's because I choose to be bold with my faith, and I choose to be out there with it. And so when that happens, this is what's going to come in return. So is this going to shake me up? Am I going to start to believe these things and say, like, dang, they're right. Like, I suck. I'm, I'm trash. I, I shouldn't do this. I should just quit. I should give up. I should change. It's like, no, I'm going to be who I am, regardless of what these people think. I'm going to love them in spite of it. So you can go back and see how I responded to the people in love. But this is what I mean. Like when you choose to be out there with your faith, like people will come back at you. Maybe you don't have giant hammocks hanging from your ears, but there will be those things that you will get called out on. And so how are you going to handle those things? They can't get to you. You have to remember the truth of who you are, how God made you, why you're doing what you're doing. They are on this planet on purpose for a purpose. And you can't believe the lies and you can't quit. You can't give up. You got to keep going. 
We can say it like this if you want to write it down or just remember this. Quiet the critic. You can quiet the critic in your mind. When these thoughts and this criticism comes at you, if you choose to live this life boldly for Jesus, like when the critic, it's not if, when the criticism comes, you can believe it, listen to it, hear it, or you can start to turn the volume down on it. It's up to you. Because all these people talking about Jesus, they were real quiet when he rose again. They were being real loud when he was reading that scroll in the synagogue, but they were real quiet when he rose again. You can have a moment like that too. In fact, like, if you're not getting criticism, you might be sitting here like, Ren, what the heck are you talking about, dude? No one's ever come at me for my faith and been like, you're a Christian? And like, then you're probably not following him closely enough. Can I be so bold as to say? If you're not getting criticism for following Jesus, you're probably not following him closely enough. This verse that helps me is in Psalm 37, 5, and we'll kind of finish with this. Psalm 37, 5 says that commit everything you do to the Lord. Everything you do. Trust him and he will help you. I wonder if you're committing everything you do to the Lord or just some of it. You know what I'm saying? Because when you commit everything you do to the Lord, that's when you're going to get criticism. But that's when you can clap back with love and grace and kindness and mercy, which is what they don't expect. And then that's how the world changes. So as we go, I want you guys to ask yourself this. How can I stand out for Jesus? How can I stand out for him? For me, it was creating social media content, okay? For you, it might just be something that you wear or that you don't wear or that you listen to or don't listen to or a place that you go or how you carry yourself or just sharing your story with some people or bringing a Bible somewhere and just, just sitting down at a coffee shop with it and just seeing what happens, you know? You, you're not going to have those opportunities unless you make those opportunities sometimes. But you have to realize that when criticism comes, you're not alone. Jesus went through it. I go through it. I know a lot of our leaders go through it. It, it happens. You're not alone. And you can walk with him to get through it too because he's always with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He will help you. It says right here in his word. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Youth Podcast. To learn about our mission, gatherings, and more, please follow us on Instagram at rbyouth or check out our website at riverbend.com students. If you were encouraged by this message, please subscribe, rate us, and consider sharing our channel with a friend. Available anywhere you get podcasts.